Welcome to a message of hope and good news for you. You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Uncle Len. The title of today's program is Satisfaction. Hello, my radio friends. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you've been thinking about what was presented last week. What that amounts to is, am I satisfied with the here and now, or do I have a long-term view in mind? Am I prepared to have only about 70 years of life and then be forced to part with it forevermore? Or am I prepared to take God at his word and have the expectation to live forevermore? This is a big question because one of the decisions you might make will require you to make some changes in your life. Today, I want to share with you a little more on this subject and look at it from a different angle. In 1965, the Rolling Stones pop group released a song which became an almost instant hit. It was called, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. As you probably realise, popular songs relate to people's lives and common experiences. So songs about searching for love and identity are very popular with young people because they all go through a phase where they are searching for love and identity. The song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, relates to many people's lives as many people feel unsettled and wish for satisfaction, for peace, for fulfilment, and for a sense of personal harmony. If I asked you if, right now, are you satisfied with your life, what would you say? No doubt there are things in your life you would like to change. If that's your response, I can comfort you with this saying, Welcome to the human race. There have been many studies conducted by universities and other educational groups studying different factors of health and disease, And as far as I can see, these studies have generally been helpful. But did you know that there is a study recorded in the Bible about determining satisfaction in one's life? This study was instituted by King Solomon, the wealthy, wise, third king of Israel, with himself 
Note that with himself as the object of the study. The study was designed to find out what things will give happiness, what things will give meaning in life, and what things will give satisfaction. Now, many university studies are limited by finance and opportunities, but not this one as Solomon was very wealthy, was very wise, and was prepared to make the time and effort to get what end he desired. The study is recorded in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapters 1 and 2. In verse 12 of chapter 1, Solomon introduces himself. I the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to study and explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. And then in, the, in verse 16 he goes on, I thought to myself, Look, I have grown and increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me and I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom, and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is chasing after the wind. So Solomon tried different things to see what permanent satisfaction they could give. The first one was pleasure, that is, fun and laughter. In chapter 2, the first two verses, he says, I thought in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? We're not told what Solomon tried, but he may have hired comedians and clowns and funny acts and whatever was available at those times to elicit humour and laughter. And no doubt he enjoyed a lot of those things. But when the show was over, and as he thought about it, there was still a feeling of emptiness and a lack of satisfaction. So that part of the study was struck off the list and he moved to another facet of life to see what would work. In verse 3 he says, this is chapter 2, I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for me to do under heaven during the few days of our lives. Now you may have been part of or witnessed people drinking to excess, getting drunk, laughing at the silliest of jokes, and apparently having a good time. 
and it seems that many young Australians have become caught up in binge drinking and think that they will get satisfaction from that kind of behaviour. The trouble is that when the party is over, there are the hangovers and the problems of life which seemed so minor during the party. They all return and quite often come back with interest. The only way to avoid the problems returning is to stay permanently drunk or on drugs, but that's no solution. And the same heartaches and dissatisfactions with life still remain. So, as Solomon found, alcohol and drugs are no solution. So he turned to something else. In verse 4, he says, I undertook great projects. I built houses, that is, palaces, for myself, and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flowering trees. You know, there's a certain amount of satisfaction in making something such as a piece of furniture or painting a picture or maybe planting a garden and seeing the trees grow and produce fruit. I personally have a special interest in cacti and succulents and have a variety of cactus and succulent plants. I also enjoy going outside to look at those plants from time to time. But like King Solomon with his grand scale of things, this only brings minor satisfaction. It seems that the more you do, the more you want to do. Build one beautiful building, but then you have another design more beautiful than the first. And so on it goes. The satisfaction King Solomon to get from his great projects just wasn't there. So he tried something else. He then acquired great numbers of servants, both male and female. I suppose the king hardly had to do anything for himself. There were cooks, house servants, Servants who would look after the king's businesses and properties. Servants who would dress him, fan him, cool him in the hot weather. And servants who would attend to his every need. For most of us, this would be so-called heaven, not having to do those ordinary mundane chores of life. But although it might sound so good to us, it brought no satisfaction to the king. Having all those servants who would wait on the king hand and foot, in the end, was nothing more than a bore. Satisfaction with life just wasn't to be found. So what next? The king had observed that many people were putting a lot of effort into getting rich. So he tried that. 
Wealth back in those days was measured by the number of animals you owned as well as how, of how much money anyone had. So the king, already rich at the start, began efforts to become even wealthier. I read a book during my teenage years called King Solomon's Mines, where he had gold mines and no doubt he was fabulously wealthy. He said in verses 7 and 8, I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. It seems that the amassing of wealth is like a disease. The more one gets, the more one wants. There's no end to it. So although wealth can give a certain amount of pleasure, in the end it does not give satisfaction. Just think of some of the successful singers and film stars who've committed suicide. No, there's something beyond wealth and the other so-called good things of life, which does give satisfaction. But King Solomon still had not found it, so he went looking for more. They say that music calms the troubled soul. So Solomon, according to verse 8, acquired men and women singers. No doubt there were also skilled musicians. And Solomon sought refuge and meaning in his life through music. It was all to no avail. There was no lasting peace, no real satisfaction. It probably seemed a bit like taking a dog for a walk. Take the dog for a walk today, and is that enough? No, he wants a walk tomorrow, and the next day, and so on. The pleasure and satisfaction wears off. It must be repeated and repeated because it is not permanent. Thank you. 
Well, as a part of this grand experiment to find satisfaction, Solomon turns to something else. Sex. Yes, that's what I said. Sex. Sex brings a certain amount of pleasure. So he had sex often. The Bible mentions that Solomon had 300 wives and 600 concubines in his harem. That's 900 potential sexual partners. And these were most likely the prettiest women around at the time. Some men imagined something like this would be pure heaven. But remember, Solomon was trying to find out what would give lasting satisfaction, not just a few highs in his day-to-day life. So, amidst the experiment, denying, denying himself nothing, this is what he had to say in verses 9, 10 and 11. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for my labour. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So then the question must be asked, if Solomon, in his privileged position, was unable to find satisfaction in his life, what hope is there for us? Will we ever reach the point when or where we will be truly satisfied? Or will we have to go through our lives always striving, always wondering, and never having attained that peace and satisfaction we desire? Did King Solomon miss something? It seems that he did. Because in chapter 2, in several places, he calls all the toiling and efforts to make a success of life meaningless. And in verse 21, he goes on to us to say, For a man may do his work with wisdom, knowledge and skill. And then he must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. So Solomon says that life does not provide real satisfaction, and the tragedy of it all is that eventually death comes along and everything for that person stops. How sad, then, is the lot of man. But there is another picture, another dimension, And this has been experienced by millions of people. One of the things which causes people to feel unsatisfied in in their lives is sin. When someone commits sin to achieve an end, 
They might get what they want, but there is always a price to pay. Guilt. Guilt is a terrible thing. It drives some people insane. And there is always that feeling of knowing that you've done wrong. And that feeling follows you around like a dark shadow. There is a remarkable story recorded in John chapter 4 about when Jesus met a disreputable woman at the well of Sychar in Samaria. The conversation began when Jesus requested some water to drink. How can you ask me for a drink? the woman asked, because she knew Jews looked down their noses at Samaritans. And then Jesus said something that really rocked her. Verse 10, it says, if, knew, if Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Then, after a bit of chit-chat, Jesus nails down the point. Verses 13 and 14. Everyone who drinks this water, that, that means the water that came out of the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Solomon's experiment showed that those materialistic things in life are not enough. You have to have more, more, more. But Jesus is pointing out that there is a way to be satisfied. What is that way? By coming to Christ and asking to be forgiven our sins, and then by following and abiding in him, we will have enough. So many people have come to Christ have experienced this. They feel, some, they feel satisfied. Some have described it as like coming home. At the birth of Jesus near Bethlehem, you may remember that there was a large company of angels who praised God and sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. King Solomon was never satisfied. The peace and satisfaction he thought just did not come. And the only way we can experience that satisfying peace is to be forgiven of our sins and to live a new life, a born-again life in Christ. Then you will find it is enough. No more striving, no more worrying about what your neighbour has or about what you haven't. You have peace. And this is what I and many other Christians experience. 
I feel safe and satisfied because I belong to Jesus. And my friends, you can have that peace and joy too. And that's not all. Not only are there benefits in this life, but there is the life to come, eternity. You'd be foolish to pass it up. So for this week, our time is up. Next week, I'd like to begin looking at some of the prophecies recorded in the book of Daniel and later to see if we can understand the prophecies of the book of Revelation. This should be a fascinating study and I invite you to continue to join me. So Len, so then, sorry, so then, this is Len wishing you God's blessings and peace and satisfaction. Your heart was broken.